Good morning, Springbrook. Thank you for coming out to worship God today. That's what we're doing here, telling God how great He is by singing and learning His Word. If you're new today, or first or second or third time guest, it's great to have you. And we want to thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, on the way out, if you haven't picked up your brownies, you need to do that at the welcome desk. All right. Last week, last week, love bank. We talked about the love bank, right? We're in this middle, middle of the series on marriage. And we talked about the fact that everybody has a love bank. So in my relationship with Lori, uh, I have a love bank for her, and she has a love bank for me. Now, what happens in the love bank? Well, that's where deposits and withdrawals are made. Deposits and withdrawals. And we're doing that on a regular basis through the things we say and the things we do. That's what we're looking for. Uh, for example, let's say that, uh, well, last week I talked about the fact that, you know, during the dating stage, you're kind of on a love drug. <laughs> you're doing crazy stuff that you would never do before, and you're so giddy and so happy, and at least I was. <laughs> so what happens, though, as I talked about last week, is that when a couple gets married, the husband moves to the next project, right? He's project-oriented. Amen. I heard an amen to that, right? Yeah, I did it, foolishly. But yeah, okay, now I've got to work on my career. And what happens is, when you're living with someone, you're having daily withdrawals. You can bet on it. If you're living with anyone, <laughs> you're going to have negative withdrawals because you just have to go through every day of living and uh, working together. So, what happens is, is that the husband is making large withdrawals in his wife's love bank. And that gets her mad, and so she suffers a lot of withdrawals. And the man especially, I think, uh, drops off on you know, loving his wife and uh, feeling, feeling that need to be loved. And uh, So there's more withdrawals. <laughs> okay, so you've got both banks going down pretty fast. Once they realize, oh, we're married, you know, and oh, it's exactly what I thought. And so this is what we need to always keep in mind. We need to keep in mind that we need to continue to intentionally make deposits in our spouse's love bank regularly. Every day. Every day. Remember we talked about eight hugs? Anybody get their eight hugs in? That's how many you need today to stay emotionally healthy. Oh, Tony and Irma. Yeah, but, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, Rob. See me afterwards. I'm really kind of low in my love bank, you know. So, what's the secret? What is the secret to a great marriage? It's to res women, it's to respect your husband, and husbands, it's to love your wife. That's a secret. If you just do that on a daily basis and you work it into how you communicate, 
with one another, your marriage is going to be very, very satisfying. So I've given you the secret. We're going to cut the service short because you guys got it, right? Right? You got it? And have a good day. <laughs> now, we, we read the verse and we look at these things, but there's, it's really deep. It's really deep. And we're in this love series, uh, again, the love, ba- love bank, communication, conflict, adaptability. Uh, I encourage you uh, to be at each of these. And also we have our United Love Workshop. That's Saturday, this Saturday, March 18th. The time is 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, I think it starts at 9.30. Yeah. And the cost is $30 per couple. And child care is provided for free. How many are planning on coming? How many have signed up? Excellent. Great. Uh, what I want you guys to do is I want you to learn more about this uh, seminar and to uh, sign up for it. These are our speakers, Peter and Kelly Worrell. They're both professors at Moody Bible Institute. And they have a great workshop that they want to do that. They've done at all the Moody conferences and done in other churches. And they're coming here this Saturday. And the reason we've done this is we've done it for you. I was talking to one guy and said, I've been to so many marriage workshops. And I said, you better keep going. (laughs) Right? All of us need at least one workshop about marriage a year. And probably a session with a counselor. To keep our marriages healthy. Because what happens is, we just kind of go into our lives and we just fall into the default mode, which is not the right mode. There are certain things you're doing that are causing frustration to your, your spouse, and your love bank is getting empty, but people don't do anything about it. Because the tension between a man and a wife, when they're in deep disagreement, and day after day after day, their hearts harden towards each other. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're having marriage issues. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to... Communicate uh, with your spouse. But I hope that the Holy Spirit would speak to you this morning and that you would be enriched through understanding this love and respect. Now, what I guys want you to do is take out your phones. Everybody take out your phones. I don't usually do this, you know, because I don't know what you're doing on your phone. <laughs> All right. Take your phones and download the Springbrook app. Download the Springbrook app. You search uh, by Springbrook Church. There's two Springbrook churches, so put it in the search engine. Springbrook Church. And then you'll be taken uh, to, uh, well, be able to download the Springbrook app. And the main reason is that I would like you to sign up during the service. Okay? It's okay. You can zone out, what I'm saying, because what you really need is that checkup that we're having this Saturday. So, in fact, I'm going to know by the end of the message how many people have registered. Okay? That sounds fair. Uh, Yeah. Again, don't miss this. You need it more than you think.
There's a book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich. How many have uh, studied this book or heard about it? Or okay, oh wow, you have got a lot of great information coming at you through God's Word. Because first of all, read the book. Okay, all you have to do is go online, type "love and respect," and you get all kinds of people talking about it because it's so powerful and it's biblical. All right. So I encourage you to do that. It really is the beyond you know God's power and what He does in your life. Uh, this really is the critical skill that you must develop. So we're going to talk about the crazy cycle which a lot of spouses are caught up in, and I have been caught up in, <laughs> and sometimes continue to get caught up in. We need to understand love and respect. I mean, okay, I kind of understand those words, but what's the big deal about it? Well, Ephesians 5.33 is the core verse about marriage, as we said last week. And this is what we need to do for one another. However, let each one of you... Love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Did you pick up anything there? Words are used. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. So, men, we need to love our wives. And women, you want love. What do you want, women? Oh, come on. What do you want from men? Louder. All right. Okay, that's the key. You want love from your spouse. Now, men, what do you want? You want respect. Right? You want respect. What do you want, men? That's good. good. Come on, big voices. What do you want? Okay. And we're going to keep doing that because I want you to really have that imprinted on your brain, and in your relationship. In 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct. So here's, they're speaking to believers who have a spouse, it's a non-believer, hasn't become a Christ follower. Uh, so what is the wives told to do? Not to be subject and uh, that they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Respectful and pure conduct. Notice it doesn't say anything about love, right? Yeah, no. When you're dealing with a man, the one thing that he wants from you is respect. Now, we both have the needs for love and respect. It just has been proven by scientific studies as well as other research uh, that the Bible is dead on. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so, again, uh, we both need love and respect, but the man needs a lot more respect than the love. I mean, he knows that his wife loves him. There's really no issue there. Uh, that's why he doesn't think about it a lot. I mean, it's just a given. <laughs> I love me. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but I do want respect. But the woman wants love. 
She wants affection. She wants conversation. She wants gentleness and things like that. So again, it's like you have a different colored sunglasses on. So men have the blue sunglasses. They see the world through these lenses. And women have pink sunglasses, and they view the world in a certain way. You also have earplugs or ear <laughs> hearing aids, I guess you could say. Uh, and you have, men, you have blue ones, and women, you have pink ones. So everything that your husband or wife says is interpreted through this filter for men, respect, and for women, love. Now, that's very important to understand. And I'll tell you what, when we talk about withdrawals from your love bank, this is where it happens the most when you are in conversation with your spouse about a difficult issue, whether it be a disagreement or really something much more significant that's what's happening. So, so I want to encourage you uh, through what's said in the Bible is for you, the power of God, to be able to give respect to your husbands and love to your wives. Now, why did God say that for Peter? They may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. He's talking to guys. He's not talking to women. What are guys interested in guys? Yeah. Okay. Never I put my hands up like that. Maybe. Let's go. Yeah. All right. That's very good. Isn't that interesting? And you'll see this throughout the different verses that, again, there's a difference between men and women and what they're looking for. When a wife feels unloved, she tends to react in ways that feel disrespectful to her husband. Okay? So, if a woman is feeling unloved, she's going to react in such a way that disrespects the husband. When a husband feels disrespected, he tends to react in ways that feel unloving to his wife. And around and around they go on a crazy cycle. So the wife wants love, the man wants a husband, the husband wants respect, and they get caught in what we call the crazy cycle. All right. Now, this is, this is the key thing you need to understand. So if your wife comes up to you and says, Hon, you know, we need to talk about this particular issue. And I want to just get it all on the table so we can solve it. Because see, women naturally want to solve problems through conversation. That's the way they work, right? They just talk and talk and you know, whoever it might be, they communicate that way. But it's always going to be in a loving way. Man, have you ever been at a, at a store buying a card for your wife? All right. Are women buying a card for your husband? Well, most greeting cards are bought by women. So what are they going to say? I love you! 
I love you. I want you to know I love you. And we're going through these cards. What's the deal? You know? <laughs> Has anybody seen a card that says, I respect you? That's what a man wants. He wants to be respected. And as you respect him, you're giving to him a gift every day. What happens is, when he, well, first of all, let's say she reacts without respect. Let me do an illustration. Uh, let's say a couple is uh, going on their 10th anniversary, and they're celebrating, right? And so the husband has forgotten this anniversary, this wedding anniversary, several times. <laughs> I've done it. Have you guys done it? <laughs> 27 years, you know. So... What the man does, and I can totally relate to this guy, you know, he goes to the store and says, I remembered it. I remembered it. She's going to be so proud of me. And he looks through the different uh, cards. And I tell you, they get really expensive, don't they? Oh, man. What a ripoff. But, you know, it's culture. So you got to look for the card. And you, you know what you're going to do in a wedding anniversary? You're going to buy the most expensive card there. That card is going to play all types of songs. It will be like a jukebox. you got like a hundred songs on it. Someday that will be true, right? And you say, oh, that will be the one for her. So he takes it and takes it home and goes in the other room to sign it. And he comes out to his wife says, honey, happy anniversary. <laughs> I remember this year. <laughs> and so he's just really feeling good. And she opens the card, and tears start to fill her eyes. And the guy says, oh, it's more powerful than I thought. But then her face becomes contorted. <laughs> and she becomes overheated because she is extremely angry that for their anniversary, he bought her a birthday card. birthday card. And she said, what are you doing? Why did you buy me a birthday card for our anniversary? Well, honey, it was an honest mistake, and I did remember this year. I just can't believe it. You've ruined this whole anniversary. If you just, I would rather you wouldn't even think of the anniversary if you're going to make a mistake like this. And I said, honey, really? And they kind of, you know, work up in terms of the tension and the conversation. And finally, the guy says, I wish I wouldn't have got you a card at all. And he walks off. Guys, how many times have you walked off from a conversation? Right? Ladies, can I see any hands here? That they tend to stonewall and... All right. Well, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a beautiful pattern, or a beautiful illustration of the fact that... She reacts about the wrong card without respect. Without respect. And that gets him to react without love. What happens with guys is that we are, we have a warrior mode. And the thing is, is that we want to be respected. We want to take care of things. 
We know our wives love us and things like that. But what we want is respect. And this is the thing, when you think about it, when, when guys go off to battle and are willing to, you know, die for their country, the most honorable thing you can do. And that's why typically guys are in the military. Because of that strong sense within them. Because it's a fight or flight response. Okay, this situation, I have to fight or I have to flight. And that's the problem sometimes, is that they stay there and they become incredibly angry and they say very rash words. Or they stonewall their wives. It's just like, I'm not talking about this. I'll never talk about this, that type of attitude. So after that, what happens? After he doesn't show love to her, she reacts without respect. And she gets angry, and she is telling him all things that he's done wrong, which causes the guy to get really angry, and hopefully he leaves at that point, because that flight and response uh, response is is usually to want to hit someone. That's the way guys are, you know. Okay, i got to deal with this issue. Another guy comes up, they start a fight. The woman would sit down and have a conversation, right? <laughs> Maybe a cat fight, I don't know. But the point is, is that men, men are honorable. And if they can't fight you, that's why they just leave. Leave and walk out the door. It's interesting that in today's culture, more women are leaving marriages than men. Interesting, huh? Our culture is changing and sending different signals to men and women how to be men and women. Now, Dr. Gottman, this is fascinating. This is the University of Washington. And they did a 20-year study with 20,000 couples over that period. And they would bring them in to their love laboratory... And they had psychologists there and social workers and other people who could talk with the couples about their marriage. But also, it was kind of like Big Brother, if you ever watched that, there are cameras all around and audio. It's being taped. And what they found was, is that when, when they got alone and weren't talking to one of these professionals, they let their hair down. And remember, this is a 20-year study, 20,000 couples. Wives are made to love, want to love, and expect love. It took them 20 years. They could just open the Bible, right? Yeah. Wives are made to love, want to love, and expect love. Love is a common word with a woman. I love you. <laughs> love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. I want love. I want to experience love. Right? And the man can't really... Understand, husbands are made to be respected, want respect, and expect respect. That's just the way they're operated. And the more you understand this, the more you can be careful in the way you communicate with one another. Because these things are true. In Gottman Research, the more wives complain and criticize, the more men withdraw and Stonewall. That's scientifically proven. What does that say to us? 
what are the wives doing? Why are they criticizing and complaining? Because, well, they're, they're acting out of their, their need for love, and they want to sit down, and they want to work it out and talk about it. But again, the men, what do they do? Well, it feels unloving, so they put up a wall. And I say, no. 85% of the time, guys stepped out of the ring. And only 15% of the time did women step out of the ring. They stay engaged because they're thinking, if we just talk it out, if we can just process through this, uh, we can come to a decision. There doesn't have to be this tension. And then she's blown away by how he reacts because she's not respecting him in the way she talks and different actions. So that's where we are. Oh, we got one couple signed up for the marriage conference. Thank you very much. All right. Let's keep building it here. All right. Uh, Proverbs 21:19. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. I was going to make that the uh, verse of the month. But I thought about it. Said, uh, maybe not. <laughs> but why is it that some women go to the extreme and are quarrelsome and fretful, it's because their husband is not showing them love, treating them with love. So again, it impacts the woman, and you know, she's all over the place, and angry, and quarrelsome, and those type of things. Uh, we look at the next verse, Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do you realize that typically your husband or your wife you treat the worst in your life in regards to people? I mean, when arguments break out and Words start to fly. You would never do that, typically, with anybody else. And why is that? It's because women need love and men need respect. And you saw the crazy cycle there, right? And that's what happens. And here's the one that we love. And what are we doing? We're putting a sword in them. I mean, that doesn't sound like us. But there's something about the marriage relationship, which God understands. Remember, uh, we tend to be selfish in the way we approach things, that it really is going to burn up. Because there's a certain level of commitment. I can say things and get away with it. No, no, no. You're not getting away with anything, guys or ladies. You're just making withdrawals, making withdrawals. Unconditional respect, like unconditional love, is all about how one sounds tone of voice and word choice and appears facial expressions and physical actions. So you're saying, what's the difference between love and respect? Well, it's the way you sound and it's the way you appear. It's your attitude as you are in the conversation that is going to either build up uh, your spouse or tear them down. Let's say you, your wife and you... He's supposed to take the trash out, okay? How many years have we been doing this, right? And he's not taking the trash out sometimes. 
And uh, so you say, hey, honey, I know you've had a tough day, but can you again take the trash out? Now, that, that's a, a respectful way to approach him. But, of course, what, what's the deal? Do I have to take the trash out again? Why don't you remember this? You don't love me. You don't care about me. And, blah, blah, blah. and then he reacts with disrespect and he puts up the stone wall, right? It's a very simple illustration, but that's the way that it works. So if you say, what do I need to change to communicate with my spouse? Well, you need to change the way you sound, the tone of voice, and word choice. And you appear. Facial expressions and physical actions. I mean, typically when we're mad, uh, we do different things. And, um, and it's just so common in marriages. I think this issue of love and respect is the number one reason for divorce. It just is. I mean, you say, oh, money's the issue. Well, (laughs) it's not about the money. It's not about the kids. It's not about retirement. It's not about the common issues that we have arguments over. It's a fact that we are selfish and we don't monitor the way that we interact with the other person. And just naturally, you know, she gets really mad and he walks out. Well, that, that really worked well, didn't it? Philippians 2, 3, and 4, we looked at this last week. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Yeah. That's what happens when you're filled with the Spirit and you want to respect your husband or love your wife. It's because you have this desire through God to love or respect your spouse. So really, selfishness would be another one for divorce. And I know you, maybe you've experienced divorce. And I know it's really so painful. And uh, as we talked about last week, God forgives you for that. And God wants to take you in his arms. And even though you've been hurt deeply, uh, he wants to uh, come around you and support you and love you and carry you. The reason we're talking about this is because whatever relationship you're in, this goes for your kids and, and other things. You know, we need to be aware of what God's word says. Love and respect must be given unconditionally. Two couples have signed up for the marriage conference. Keep it rolling, guys. And i got so much time here. <laughs> Love and respect must be given unconditionally. Now, this is a very important thing that came out of the Bible, as well as the research that was done. It must be given unconditionally. I respect my husband unconditionally. You, you later say, what are you talking about? Hey, I don't respect him. He, he's got to earn my respect. He's not going to step on me and he's not going to bypass me. No, I've got to be strong and I've got to be vigorous in my defense. Well, that again is what, again, impacts him. Why should it be unconditionally? Because it's a command from God. Love your wife. Respect 
your husband. It doesn't matter what they're doing. If they're disrespecting you, if they're not loving you, you are to show either love or respect. And I know you talk about relationships and we're so emotionally wired that, you know, especially in a marriage relationship, married for a while, and it can really get nasty. And then God says, no. Even if the other person is disrespecting you or not loving you, you need to show unconditional love and respect. Well, why is that? Because that's how you glorify God. That's the purpose of life, isn't it? To glorify God? So if you're in a marriage where your husband is not loving you, or your wife is not showing respect to you, it's your responsibility Men, show love to your wives. Women, show respect to your husbands. No matter what he does, and say, hey, that's not fair. There's no way I can do that emotionally. I mean, come on. You're asking me to do the impossible, and I am. That's why you need Jesus as your Savior and Lord to give you this unbelievable love or respect. I've talked to so many people who, you know, they're... Spouses weren't Christ followers and uh, you know, people from the past. and it, it, It's really hard. But as First Peter says, wives, you need to respect your husband. And, of course, women need uh, the love. So keep this in mind. As you're being patient with the other person, do it unconditionally. You're doing it for God. And your marriage... It's off track. But you need to stay there. The power of Jesus Christ. And unconditionally serve God in your marriage. It's not about you. It's about God. And the more, the rougher the marriage is, the more you glorify Him. Do you know that? If you're living with someone uh, and it's really hard. Because they're not showing respect. They're not showing love. And it's just, oh, my life is a disaster. No, your life is not a disaster. It's been touched by sin. But at the same time, you need to continue to show love and respect. And the worse it is, the more you glorify God. Because you're acting supernaturally. Most people, of course, would just walk out or do whatever. But no, you're staying there. It's unconditional. So that's really important. First Peter 3, 1 and 2. Yeah, we'll go to James five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What I would encourage you to do is today, take some time to think about this past week, uh, the past month. Or maybe it's just a pattern that you have of not respecting your husband or loving your wife. And ask for their forgiveness. I'm not asking for it. Unconditional, right? Ask for their forgiveness. Even if they're more of the problem, right? <laughs> Nobody comes to me and say, I'm the major problem. Could you help me? I'm the one who's screwing up our marriage. No, they don't come. They say, this man, this woman is driving me crazy. Well, you've got to get out the crazy cycle. That means you need to love your wife unconditionally. 
I don't like that at all. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, simple nature doesn't like that, but God will put you in a better place and you'll be healed. Matthew five twenty four. leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gifts. So it's the idea of a person come to bring a sacrifice. But if you have any relationships that are out of whack and aren't healthy, you need to solve that problem before you can worship. That's why we talk about in communion, don't take communion if you're having an issue with God right now or you're rebelling or whatever. Because, again, there's nothing to celebrate there. So, but that's what I was talking about in terms of forgiveness, asking for forgiveness. Now, this is what we want. We want the energizing cycle. His love motivates her respect, motivates his love. You see what I'm saying? So what you do is you get the crazy, not the crazy cycle, but the energizing cycle going in the right direction. It's not crazy anymore, right? It's not going counterclockwise, but it's going clockwise. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I know my life, I fall into patterns and with my wife. And again, I just stay in those patterns until you convict me. I just pray for anyone who's been convicted of this lately, like today, and uh, that they would pour out their hearts to you and tell their spouse that they have sinned against them. Lord, we know it's through a relationship with you that we can do this. And for anybody who doesn't have a relationship, with you today, who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray that they would seek some out, someone out who can explain it to them, or you know, just come directly to you and say, hey, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. There's no way I can earn my salvation, but I put my trust in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, in terms of the gift that He's given me. And when you say that genuinely... And realize that Jesus Christ paid for the penalty on the cross. And you're accepting what he did for you. You'll become a child of God. In Christ's name, amen.